0: After a long silence, she asked simply, almost wistfully, What is it that you're all doing here? Living. She had never heard that word sound so real. I'm going to have a visitor tomorrow. He's going to come and see the farm. And what will be on display is much more than a pasture or a flock of sheep, and it reminded me of a passage from Atlas Shrugged. You're going to get two of them. My name is Carrie and you're listening to From the Hip. I was thinking more and more about this passage that I'm yet to read because not only does it build upon the previous one but it expresses the seriousness with which The moment seems to be proceeding, and yet I don't know if that seriousness will be shared or not. You see, I feel that my willingness to be serious about life is something that's given me immense benefit. The... Depth to which I can be grateful, the depth to which I can experience life, is a byproduct of my seriousness. But again, I, I approach this visit not knowing how this depth, this passion, this seriousness will or won't be shared but it's a moment in which I would like it to be shared. Let us proceed to the passage. She saw the faint break of his smile. The powerhouse, he said. Oh, stop, please. He obeyed, backing the car to the foot of the hillside. It was her first few steps up the rocky incline that stopped her, as if there were no need to move forward, no further place to rise. And she stood as in the moment she had opened her eyes on the earth of the valley, a moment uniting her beginning to her goal. She stood looking up at the structure. Her consciousness surrendered to a single sight and a single wordless emotion. But she had always known that emotion was a sum totaled by an adding machine of the mind, and what she felt now was the instantaneous total of the thoughts she did not have to name. A voice telling her by means of a feeling, if she had held on to Quentin Daniels, with no hope of a chance to use the motor, for the sole sake of knowing achievement had not died on earth if like a weighted diver sinking in an ocean of mediocrity under the pressure of men with gelatin eyes rubber voices spiraled shaped convictions non-committal souls and non-committing hands she had held as her lifeline and oxygen tube the thought of a superlative achievement of the human mind if at the sight of the motor's remnant, in a sudden gasp of suffocation as a last protest from his corruption-eaten lungs, Dr. Stadler had cried for something, not to look down at, but up to, and this had been the cry, the longing, and the fuel for her life. If she had moved, drawn by the hunger of her youth, for a sight of clean, hard, radiant competence then here it was before her, reached and done. The power of an incomparable mind given shape in a net of wires sparkling peacefully under a summer sky, drawing an incalculable power out of space into the in- secret interior of a small stone hovel. She thought of this structure, half the size of a boxcar, replacing the power plants of the country, the enormous conglomerations of steel, fuel, and effort. She thought of the current flowing from this structure, lifting ounces, pounds, tons of strain from the shoulders of those who would make it or use it, adding hours, days, and years of liberated time to their lives. Be it an extra moment to lift one's head from one's task and glance at the sunlight, or an extra pack of cigarettes bought with the money saved from one's electric bill, or an hour cut from the workday of every factory using power, or a month's journey through the whole open width of the world on a single ticket paid for by one day of one's labor on a train pulled by the power of this motor with all the energy of that weight, that strain, that time replaced and paid for by the energy of a single mind who had known how to make connections of wire, follow the connections of his thought. But she knew that there was no meaning in motors or factories or trains, that there was only meaning in man's enjoyment of his life, which they served and that her swelling admiration of the sight of an achievement was for the man from whom it came, for the power and the radiant vision within him which had seen the earth as a place of enjoyment and had known that the work of achieving one's happiness was the purpose, the sanction, and the meaning of life. The door of the structure was straight, a smooth sheet of stainless steel, softly lustrous and bluish in the sun. Above it, cut in the granite, as the only feature of the building's rectangular austerity, stood an inscription. I swear by my life and my love of it that I will never live for the sake of another man, nor ask another man to live for mine. She turned to gulp. He stood beside her. He had followed her. She had known that this salute was his. She was looking at the inventor of the motor, but what she saw was the easy, casual figure of a workman in his natural setting and function. She noted the uncommon lightness of his posture, a weightless way of standing that showed an expert control of the use of his body. A tall body in simple garments, a thin shirt, light slacks, a belt about a slender waistline, and loose hair made to glitter like metal in the current of a sluggish wind. She looked at him as she had looked at his structure. Then, she knew that the first two sentences they had said to each other still hung between them, filling the silence that everything said since had been said over the sound of those words. He had known it, had held it, had not let her forget it. She was suddenly aware that they were alone. It was an awareness that stressed the fact, permitting no further implication, yet holding the full meaning of the unnamed in that special stress. They were alone in a silent forest, at the foot of a structure that looked like an ancient temple. And she knew what right was the proper form of worship to be offered on an altar of that kind. She felt a sudden pressure at the base of her throat. Her head leaned back a little, no more than to feel the faint shift of a current against her hair. But it was as if she were lying back in space, against the wind, conscious of nothing but his legs and the shape of his mouth. He stood watching her, his face still, but for the movement of his eyelids, drawing narrow as if against too strong a light. It was like the beat of three instants. This was the first, and then the next. She felt a stab of ferocious triumph and the knowledge that his effort And his struggle were harder to endure than hers and then he moved his eyes and raised his head to look at the inscription on the temple she let him look at it for a moment almost as an act of condescending mercy to an adversary struggling to refuel his strength then she asked with a note of imperious pride in her voice pointing at the inscription What's that? It's the oath that was taken by every person in this valley but you. She said, looking at the words, This has always been my own rule of living. I know it. But I don't think that yours is the way to practice it. Then you'll have to learn which one of us is wrong. those are excerpts from Atlas Shrugged, Part 3, Chapter 1. And while the gravity of my visit to Morrow is, is nowhere near the drama that takes place in Ayn Rand's larger-than-life novel, I like to think that I've shown a dedication worthy of similar treatment, worthy of feeling such depth. And having such feelings can can put a, a bit of a strain on. Life. The main character in Atlas shrugged, Dagny Taggart, goes through two thirds of the novel in the absence of such experiences as the passage that I've just read, and and looking for them, longing for that moment. And, of course, part of the solution is to look forward to every moment. It is to do as her inner monologue states there to define and seek her purpose for the meaningful fulfillment of happiness on earth for herself and if you can at least do that you can bear a lot (laughs) and should you fall short of a day like hers in front of that temple as it's referred to you can at least have every other of your life so I look forward to sharing a treasure in the world which to a great extent I have created and it's my hope that Well, I'm very interested to see how it goes. I thank you for your time and your attention. Have a wonderful day.